1: For free shipping and 365day returns.
2: Hello! Hello! Let me ask you a question. Yes. Did you go out into your front garden and sing Vera Lynn's We'll Meet Again on Friday of last week at nine o'clock?
3: Okay, what I did was, was I went out the back, opened the window to see if anyone else was doing it. No one else was. I closed the window again.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was exactly my approach. I thought, I don't think ours is a Vera Lynn type of street. Very much a clap for the NHS street, but I don't think we're a, a Vera Lynn street, but I Just on the off chance that I've misjudged it quite badly, I don't want to um, be seen to be not joining in. So what I did, I I had some bin bags to take out and I waited until nine o'clock to take them out. So if I'd got out there with the bin bags and people were singing, I would have joined in. Oh! But as it was, uh, there was no one out there anyway, so I was able to just go straight back in the house again.
3: That is such a good idea. There was was no losing face. You weren't going to be on your own. Do you think anybody did it on their own? Like it did occur to me, should I do it on my own? I don't know. (laughs) I I didn't know the words. So I'd need to take a laptop with me and I don't know.
2: I'm really missing karaoke.
3: Oh, I bet you are. So if our street
2: had been a Vera Lynn type of street, I could have could have it would have been it would have scratched that itch. I could have done a bit mm. of karaoke out there.
3: You haven't thought about starting up some kind of big sing along on your street, being that person.
2: No, no, I'm more more, I'm more of a harmonizer. I'm more of a backing vocalist. I'm not a lead vocalist in these right. situations. Yeah. Um, and what about Guy Goma Day? Did oh. you do anything special? For you? It was the same day. Uh, I was alerted <laughs> by a few people on social media. That it was uh, Guy Goma Day on Friday, so
3: mm. I just watched the video once. Didn't want to overdo it. Um, I just celebrated in my own personal way with a few seconds of quiet thoughts for the great man.
2: <laughs> a few seconds of quiet panic. That's <laughs> what he would have wanted. <laughs> Are you uh, tonight? Is Florence Nightingale? and they want people to put a lamp in their windows at nine o'clock. Are you doing a joke? No, no. You're doing a joke? No, I I promise you I'm not. I just saw it from some cousin of mine on Facebook (laughs) before I came on and I think we just all need to calm down a bit now, don't we? I understand lockdown is rough. None of us are enjoying it. Even those of us who aren't particularly socially competent, I think, you know, we're living through weird times and it's nice to feel connected to people on some level, but we don't all need to be doing a different thing every day, do we?
3: And I mean when you're saying putting a lamp in the window, I'm imagining like the kind of lamp that she held up, like who's got those kind of lamps? Is is that I was
2: imagining of- more like uh, Roxanne you don't need to put on the red light.
3: <laughs> oh dear.
2: Yeah, so you won't be joining in. They should do something for us, really, because we've been doing this podcast, been keeping, keeping going throughout lockdown.
3: Yeah, we haven't taken... Well, we did take a week off when I was ill, but we've only been late once. Like, come yeah. on, that deserves something, doesn't it? Yeah,
2: we want all the drifters... I mean, what would you do? To go out... At nine o'clock mm. Thursday, you're already doing clap for the carers, so you could make it on a Wednesday. Yeah, the day the podcast. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. And avoid eye contact with any other neighbor. The thing is, there'd be so little chance of anybody else on your street or even in your neighborhood mm. listening to this podcast. There wouldn't be really any danger of having to have an unco- uncomfortable social interaction.
3: Yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, and you could always take take the bins out if you don't want to. You know, take the risk. Well, why don't we do that?
2: Why don't we just encourage people to take the bins out <laughs> on a Wednesday night at nine o'clock and quietly think about adrift?
3: And then if anyone else is doing it, you'll know, but you won't look at each other, of course. You just know. Yes,
2: exactly, exactly. Mm. Good. Okay. Um. So can I tell you, this has got a touch of the kids say the darndest things about it, but I think it's funny. Okay. So my son of... Uh, since his birthday has been obsessed with wild rock and roll music
3: no I didn't know that really what what do you mean give me an example
2: well I'll tell you why so we um we rented the the new trolls film okay on iTunes on his birthday and he loves trolls anyway and the plot of the new trolls film is that a hard the queen of the hard rock trolls is trying to take over the world with hard rock music and loud guitars. Okay. And he really loves that he loves that and how sort of wild and naughty it is. So he's been asking me to play him wild music.
1: <laughs> wild.
2: <laughs> and then I thought well what what is wild music? And I thought well rock and roll is wild music. Right. So I'd been playing him a bit of Little Richard.
3: Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah.
2: Before Little Richard died, actually. And then Little Richard died, and Jim was going,
3: Oh, Little Richie has
2: died. (laughs) (laughs) Because he heard me shout upstairs to Sarah. Why? Why has Little Richie died? Little Richie. But but he likes Little Richie because he plays the piano with his feet. So that's quite a wild Uh, thing to do. Very wild, yeah. But I started telling him about Elvis Presley. Okay. And I said, Listen, Elvis Presley was so wild that they couldn't show his legs on TV because his legs were too wild. (laughs) And he went, what happened if they put his legs on TV? I said, Gene, people screamed. They called him Elvis the Pelvis and people people just screamed. So he's then become interested in listening to these different Elvis Presley songs and Little Richard and Chuck Berry or whoever. We've been listening to this wild rock and roll music. Anyway, um, the other night he sat down for his dinner and out of nowhere he just shouted... Elvis the Pelvis, rock and roll. <laughs> and I said to Sarah, you know, given that he starts school this year, oh, said no. he's going he's gonna to be a real cool kid with his up-to-date <laughs> references, isn't he? I
3: think my heart just broke. <laughs> Can you imagine... 2000-
2: 2020. <laughs> Trying to make new friends where he doesn't know anybody and going into school and saying, Elvis the pelvis, rock and roll.
3: I'm going to break lockdown. Come right now and play some Ariana Grande or something. <laughs>
2: How's the trickle looking this week, Annabelle? Still trickling in. Still trickling. Glad to hear it.
3: Yes. First one is from Regal Duchess Laura. This story falls into the category of memories that keep haunting me. I actually meant to keep these locked away, but now feel, after your requests for news stories, that it is my moral duty to share these moments of deep drifter shame to help lighten the mood in these dark times, even if it's at my own expense. It all goes back to when I was around 10 years old and my best friend moved from Amsterdam to Antwerp. Because we were real BFFs, our parents made an effort to help us maintain our friendship, which meant that she came to visit me on a regular basis and I her. Just for context, my friend led quite a different life from mine. I can, for instance, still vividly remember how I told my parents at dinner one night before she moved that I didn't like the car, one of seven, that my friend's mum had used to pick us up from school that day. I complained that the roof of the car was so low that I kept bumping my head every time there was the slightest irregularity in the road. I told my parents I never wanted an MG when I grew up. (laughs) I guess this difference in level of wealth or socioeconomic class and all that went along with it affected how I felt around her family. I don't think it was anything in particular that they did that made me feel uncomfortable because they were incredibly nice to me and really tried to make me feel at home. But I just felt a little like Cinderella at the ball when I visited her especially in her new house or actually mansion with its tennis courts swimming pool and hot tub and however nice her parents were they were I know however nice her parents were they were also very straightforward direct and assertive the exact opposite of me making me feel even more insecure and self-conscious the memory that can still keep me up at night concerns doing a number two actually try my very best to avoid doing number two in the mansion. I know that Jeff might not be able to relate as much here, but I'm sure there are many drifters out there who will feel my pain. I just remember feeling that I didn't want to befoul this place, this pristine (laughs) mansion with its cream coloured carpet, its foyer with grand staircase, its marble bathrooms with fluffy white towels and potpourri scented toilets. So when I had to do a number two, I would just hold it in. This was no real effort for a long weekend and the inevitable cramps felt like a small sacrifice to make. But it did get harder the longer my stay got. So when I would get home after a weekend away and rush to the bathroom to, well, give birth, my mum started noticing a pattern, got worried and apparently shared her concern with my friend's mum to give her a heads up. I found out about this when, on my next visit, my friend's mum suddenly started inquiring after my bowel movements. I felt mortified by her questions, as this was the very last thing I wanted to discuss with her. I actually wanted her to think I was one of those magical creatures that simply did not need to defecate. But she must have felt responsible for me, so she kept checking with me multiple times a day. When one day I'd accidentally slipped to my friend that I had quite bad stomach cramps, I vividly remember how... And this is the real stuff that haunts me in my dreams. Her mum quite literally dragged me upstairs and locked me in a small bathroom without a window for ventilation and essentially commanded me to do a poo there and then. Completely panicked. I did the only thing I could. I lied. I pretended to do a number two by making the associated noises like loudly tearing off some toilet paper and flushing the (laughs) toilet a few times. When I finally unlocked the door after what felt like ages, with her just waiting there for me to come out, I kept my eyes firmly glued to the ground and I tried to make a run for it. But she was a mother. She was not easily fooled. She held me in place, went in and sniffed the bathroom to smell evidence and said, I don't smell anything. Go back in and try again.
1: This is the line that
3: I just keep playing in my head. My memory gets blurry after that. I cannot remember. I must have blocked it if I ended up doing a number two on command or not. I think I must have bribed my way out of it, promising her I'd wow. do it. But, I, <laughs> but also begging her not to wait outside the door. Now, decades later, in my early 40s, I still like to pretend that I'm this magical creature who has transcended the primal bodily functions of earthly beings. I think (laughs) I've managed to convince my children of this. And yes, I know how damaging this is and that I should break the cycle of shame someday.
2: Oh, that's incredible.
3: Isn't it? I'm quite traumatised hearing that.
2: I'd be interested to know if you ever went back and talk to your mum about what happened or you, could you trace down that childhood friend? I, I, I would watch a six-part documentary series. <laughs> I'm sure Netflix will make a documentary makes, about it soon. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay.
3: And this is one more. This is from Craig. It's Thursday evening as I write this and having been stuck inside working all day, I decided to take my daily ration of exercise at just before 8pm. I didn't want to be out for too long so decided to go on my bike. As I left the house, I could hear applause and quickly realised it was the big clap for carers that I'd shamefully forgotten about. As I'd already set off, I decided to carry on, but felt rather silly when I got out onto my road and it felt like I was just coming to the end of a stage of the Tour de France with hundreds of people (laughs) clapping me at their front doors. It felt incredibly awkward and I could feel the eyeballs of my neighbours burning a hole in the back of my head as I rode on. Oh, it it had to happen to someone, didn't it? I'm sorry, Craig, it was you. I
2: mean... I I see people with some regularity while we're doing it walk into the shop, and I think, what's wrong with you people?
3: Maybe they like it. Maybe they like feeling like they're celebrities or something. (laughs) We don't don't tend to clap celebrities, do we?
2: (laughs) On a red carpet, maybe. Maybe Maybe. that's the feeling they're getting of walking up a red carpet. Mm -hmm. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a a story for us, then please email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle.
3: Yes.
2: Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult.
3: The lockdown weeks slash months slash years. Or should I say the stay alert weeks, months, years. I'm <laughs> not sure. I'm a bit confused. Okay. So do you think this week is going to be about a walk I went on or a trip to the supermarket? These are pretty much the only options. So what, what are you going to go for?
2: I'm going to go for a trip to the supermarket. Wrong.
3: Oh. It's, it's a walk. So... I went out for a walk with my son, Rudy, aged two, and my dog, Rusty, aged, not quite sure, I think age four, maybe five. I did check with Tom earlier and he said four, no five, no, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, we went walking somewhere where there's lakes and woods and big open grassy spaces. It was nice. It was a nice day. And within about 10 minutes, Rusty, the dog, had rolled in poo either because he's a very bad boy or it was revenge for us not knowing how old he is. And he knows he's (laughs) a bad boy for doing it, but it's like it's completely out of his control. Afterwards, every part of him seems to scream, I don't know why I did it. I hate myself. Why did I do it? You can put me down now. It's fine. I deserve it. It's basically a bit like me after I've watched an episode of Love is Blind on Netflix. (laughs) So that was quite annoying. But I steered us towards the lake knowing he'd go in the water and it would wash off a bit. Don't worry, wash him properly when I got home. I have some standards. So we're at the edge of the lake now and there's a grassy slope down to the edge where there's stones. And then it's maybe a foot or two deep before getting much deeper. And Rudy and I are at the edge and Rudy's crouched down throwing stones in the water. And then suddenly, and I don't even know how it happened, suddenly he isn't. He's face down in the water, completely submerged. And you know you hear these stories of mums getting super strength when their child is in trouble and they single-handedly lift a car off their child. Yeah. Well, that happened to me. I found an inner strength that enabled me to get one trained foot completely drenched (laughs) in order to reach him to pull him out. But he is, like he's completely drenched, like fully drenched head to toe. And it's a sunny day, but it's not warm. And we're about a 20-minute walk from home and he's really crying so i'm not able to think clearly so i decide to take all his clothes off and share my dry clothes with him and i'm wearing a t-shirt and a cardigan so even though there are other people around i take both of them off and then i put the t-shirt on him and the cardigan back on me but what i hadn't factored was that it was a cardigan that only has buttons at the bottom so when worn with nothing else on, underneath it there's a long open V of nakedness underneath. I'm wearing a bra, but it's still fairly obscene. And the sensible, rational thing to do now would be to swap over, to give my son the cardigan, wrap it around him, <laughs> put the T-shirt back on me. But he's really screaming and everyone is staring and what I describe as horror and intense judgment. So I decide... I'm going to style it out, that it's fine. And I've got to carry him <laughs> home anyway as his shoes had had to come off. And I hold him in a way that attempts to cover up as much of my chest as possible. <laughs> but I do think it was a lovely treat for anybody out and about at the same time as me that day. Because imagine being able to judge somebody's poor parenting and obscene choice of clothes all at once. <laughs> like, you would love it, wouldn't you? It'd be so yeah, good. Yeah.
2: Oh, just a couple of quick things. Uh the first one is I've done something humiliating.
3: Oh dear, okay. Go on.
2: I've accidentally added somebody I don't know on Facebook.
3: Oh my god. What are you gonna do?
2: Well, there's nothing to do, but I think I seem like a creepy guy now. So what happened was
3: (laughs) Was it an attractive lady?
2: Yeah, it was yeah, it was a younger woman. (laughs) So what what happened was a few months ago. You know, I do bits and pieces for Union Jack Radio. I do this show called Hometown Glory, and I also cover the Leicester Comedy Festival, Comedian of the Year for them. Right. And a couple of people had come round here to uh, to set up the technical stuff for for a live broadcast a while ago. Okay. It was uh, a young man and a young woman, and then a few weeks ago, the young man added me on Facebook. Okay. I thought how nice what a nice young man mm. and and then in the suggested friends came up the young woman and um i knew it was her because it said her workplace and so so i added her and she's accepted the friend request only then when i looked at it, it was i saw it was somebody with a completely different name who also works there oh. so do you not think it looks like i'm a creepy guy oh. sifting through facebook for people i've got secondhand connections to and then i'm just adding them <laughs> It do, it, yeah. And she I, fr- probably feels obliged to accept the friend request in some way.
3: I'm trying to find any kind of way that it's not bad and I'm really It's just struggling.
2: bad. It's just bad. And what
3: about the girl that you did actually work with? Like, would it look bad that you befriended the girl that you haven't worked with, but not the one that you did work yeah, with?
2: Yeah, but I don't really want her to know that I confused her for somebody else with uh, a different name and a different face. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah that's embarrassing I think what I would do now is I'd befriend every single person in that workplace to try and cover it up
2: yes yeah 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 that's that that has crossed my mind
3: (laughs) oh dear
2: okay so there's that and then Mm. the other thing let me so um a week ago I decided I was going to go out and do the big shops I wouldn't have to go out to the shops many times in the week go and take uh, i use eugene's pram his old pram as a shopping trolley
3: oh that's a good idea
2: and then take it out and do a weekly shop because we don't have a car Mm. and and so i went and did this and i did my menu plan for the whole week oh so over the course of um the, the the days of last week so monday we had a chickpea and spinach curry lovely on tuesday We had stuffed peppers stuffed with masala mashed potatoes. Lovely. On Wednesday, we had a spiced um, roast cauliflower.
3: Right. Amazing. Thursday,
2: we had blackened sweet corn chat.
3: Yeah, this was so good. Yeah.
2: And uh, on on Friday, we had paneer skewers.
3: Okay, marinated
2: paneer skewers. And on Saturday we got to take away pizza because Saturday's takeaway night, right? Right. So Sunday rolls around, and and I start thinking in my brain about what I'll have, what what I'll cook for me and Sarah for the week coming up, whether I'll do some of the same dishes again or whether I'll make. And then I, I happen across Sarah sat in the kitchen, very hastily scribbling down a load of ingredients. I said, "What are you doing?" She thought. She said, "Oh, I thought um, I thought I might do the the cooking this week." Okay. Do you think I should take that personally? Yeah, yes. So so I feel that I did a week of making delicious dinners. Yeah. And she is so afraid that I'm going to do it again, that she's planning her own menu and she's going to cook every night just so that she doesn't have to eat any of my food.
3: And yet that sounds like the greatest food ever that you cooked. It was basically did Indian every night. I did, apart from pizza night. Yeah, that, this pizza is night. Th- this,
2: this is this is what I think too. What's going
3: on there? I I've had something like that this week, so I made. Um, So we have a thing now where Friday nights, we take it in turns to do a special meal, like something where you put a bit of extra effort in. So it was my turn this week and I did an Anna Jones recipe, like a dal with these pickled vegetables. And I I think I I I know the recipe. So good. I spent an hour and a half on it, which is like sort of six times longer than I usually spend on a meal. And I thought it was incredible. And we were eating it and Tom was saying nice things. And then he said... You know what I think this would make better, would make this better? I think if we put crab in it and I went mental, like I was so angry that he'd he'd suggested an improvement to my unimprovable dish. Yeah. But then when the argument finished, and let me tell you, it's one of the worst arguments we'd ever had. We both realised that neither (laughs) of us even like crab. What was he he thinking? (laughs) But I took it very personally too. So did you say something?
2: i I thought i'd mention it on the podcast and then maybe one of her parents will hear it and mention it to her but she's not gonna listen to it
3: can i ask something from you can we make this a weekly thing where you just do a list of your meals for the weeks i really enjoyed hearing about it
2: so there is nothing more interesting to me than what people eat day to day that being that being said Mm. i do think it's I i don't know if we are unique in that and other people might find it boring okay what do you think well, then we can ask the drifters. I, I mean, open it give, up, us, give us your yeah. opinion. If, if we you know, get a deluge of people saying, no, I would like to uh, hear a list of everything that you've eaten th- in the previous week, <laughs> then I am happy to supply that list. Fantastic. More okay. More than happy. If anything, I simplified it because I thought it was going to be too boring. I could give, give more detail than that.
3: Oh, more detail. The more the better for me. Okay, yeah.
2: Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's see what the drifters have to say. Contact us on social media, uh, find our Facebook page, or email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. All right, Annabelle, Quandary Corner in Problematic here at the Galap Clinic. Uh, Snaresbrook suggestions, your end. Um, How's it looking this week?
3: Okay, first one is from Fleet Admiral Lawrence. Linked to your recent discussion about birthday messages received on different platforms and the relative effort involved in responding to them, liking a post on a Facebook wall much easier than writing a response to a text as an example, I have a quandary regarding the sending of birthday greetings. Specifically, when one member of a WhatsApp group wishes another in the group a happy birthday, is it then compulsory for all other members of the group to do the same? And if doing so, is it sufficient just to say happy birthday? Or do you need to be more creative to make it look like you put some thought into this and aren't just sending the message because you feel you have to? Perhaps it depends on the size of the group. One recent example was to a group of 40. But then is there a point after the first message is sent at which it's too late to also send a message without it being awkward? Mm. Or if the receiver of the birthday greetings has already responded to some other messages, is it too late to add another? Any guidance gratefully received?
2: oh you see I, i'm i'm not on whatsapp and this mm. is part of the reason why the the, the whole group dynamics on there and oh.
3: i'm probably only in one group where you would do happy birthdays and let me tell you on my birthday i d- I did a register in my head okay so yeah sarah's done it yeah there's staff there and, and and i made sure that everyone everyone I'd have been offended if someone had missed me. I, th- I think you do need I think you depending on the size of the group I think you do need to say happy birthday.
2: Can you just write plus 1? Plus
3: 1. <laughs> no, no. You and I think it's fine just to say happy birthday but I think also what it's about better... ditto. better. about said ditto. Ditto. No. So it's it's not on
2: fashion ditto a little bit isn't no,
3: it? yeah. It's not enough. You you know you have to put some you have to maybe say what something. What if you else? just
2: use those little marks that mean ditto?
3: What oh the little like almost like apostrophe marks. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely, definitely not that. Okay. It's alright if you just send some you can just send a few emojis, I don't mind that. Mm, mm. No. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry to be strict about it, but I feel I do think everyone has to do it. And even if you, the person whose birthday it is, has replied saying thanks everyone, it's not too late, you can still do it.
2: If I see on Facebook that it's someone's birthday Mm-hmm. Rather than write a message on their Facebook, I send them a text because I think it looks more thoughtful, even though I just, I've just found it out from Facebook.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And cause it looks like you just remembered it of your own accord. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you could, you could send one separately, a message. You don't have to do it in the group if you've done it separately. But yes, yeah, so uh, can I be quite firm about this rule? Can I? Yes, Okay, then yeah, yeah. that's what I would like.
2: Okay, uh, quandary number two.
3: From Sarah. Lockdown and social distancing have brought up some new social dilemmas and my question for Quandary Corner is, how fussy are people allowed to be when you're doing their shopping for them? We have a WhatsApp group for our street and also quite a few elderly neighbours, so I usually ask if anyone wants anything when I'm, do- when I'm going in my weekly shop. The elderly households all have deliveries, they don't need me to do a big shop, but they often ask me to get them something they've run out of or forgotten. I am more than happy to do this, it makes me feel a tiny bit useful when there's not much else I can do to help. However... The level of detail in the shopping request has made me laugh the <laughs> the, the, the exact oh the exact size and shape of carrots the art on the front of birthday cards the variety of potato the last time I was shopping someone texted me knowing I was in the supermarket because they had had a craving for a pork pie and they weren't elderly or self-isolating. <laughs> As we know, supermarket shopping is a pretty intense experience at the moment. So doubling back for last minute requests or mm-hmm. spending time selecting the right size vegetables, no pre-packed veg, please, feels a bit much. It's been a talking point in our house and provided us with a few laughs over the last few weeks. But I just keep thinking that if someone was doing my shopping, I'd just be like, I'll oh, get me anything, just some food, not even food, anything at all. What am I being mean? After all, life is pretty miserable at the moment anyway, without having to contend with the wrong size carrots. So how fussy should people be when someone else is doing their shopping?
2: I feel what we're seeing is both the best and the worst of human nature in this (laughs) quandary. It's so lovely that people are helping out and forming these little groups to make sure that everybody's looked after and people who are um, self-isolating, they get their shopping. And then people saying... Mm, yeah actually while you're there we pick a book pie and yeah yeah and, and specifying the artwork on the front of a birthday card I mean, this is this is the worst of human nature i think you should be approaching it if you're if you're one of the people asking someone else to shop for you mm. you should be approaching it like you're living the other side of the iron curtain during the soviet years right you know where there there aren't variety of there aren't varieties of things. Yeah, yeah. There are just things,
3: and you could be, you should be very much like Sarah says. Just get me anything, just some food, not even food, anything at all. Yes, like, yes. I think I think that should be everyone's mantra in their head.
2: Yes, yeah, absolutely. So the question then becomes: is 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 if you are Sarah or somebody who is doing one of these kind things for your neighbour? how how do you deal with these very specific requests
3: well it's how i deal with when i don't want to buy things something that tom's asked for because i think it's too expensive or i don't want it in the house i just say oh i didn't have it shelves are empty didn't have it <laughs> <laughs> so you can say yeah they just didn't have that kind of art on the birthday cars they only had this size of carrot and i think in these times that's believable it's very believable yeah okay some we shelves go. are empty so you just lie yeah another quandary solved <laughs>
2: Oh, I've just seen that this week's podication comes from Tiff, who says, yes. "Hi, Jeff and Annabelle." Hello, Hi. it's me, Chief Troublemaker Tiff. I made up my own title. Is that allowed, Annabelle?
3: Of course, it is. It'd be just this for is you, especially Tiff. for Tiff. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I'd like to request a podication for my amazing friend Paul. I've just recently got him hooked on the show. I know he's loving it. Oh yeah, you can, you can have a new title every week as far as we're <laughs> concerned give him a title if you like yeah why um, not? I'm so grateful for his friendship we have been friends for about two years and he is one of the most giving people I've ever met we chat just about every day uh, even if it's just hi how are you today We both understand the social awkwardness of having our moms try to interact with us and our friends on Facebook. Uh, He's got a day job, plus he spends God knows how much of his free time creating an award-winning podcast. He's also participated in a fundraiser for Cancer Research, where he bravely ate ants, mealworms, scorpions, tails, pinches and all, as well as tarantulas for donations. Oh, wow. I mean, does that just sound like he went into the into the zoo and started eating things?
3: Sounds like he went on I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. Like, is, it, is it Paul uh...
2: Hollywood?
3: Like, who is this Paul?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, someday, I hope we get a chance to meet face-to-face and do all the talking that time and distance prevent us from doing now. Uh, thanks, Jeff and Annabelle. Thank, keep up the decent work. So, says Tiff. Well, Paul... Um, Congratulations! I'm, you know, I, I feel very torn. I approve of the raising money for cancer research,
3: but those poor tarantulas. Mm, tarantulas. I'm scared of tarantulas.
2: I mean, were they threat? The big question is, were they threatening him?
3: Well, th- yeah, they tarantulas. They threatened. Was he us all. was he
2: eating them in self defense?
3: W- were they dead first? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean,
2: many questions. Yeah. Um, but uh, lovely to hear from Tiff, and uh, I'm glad that you're. Friendship is sustaining you both in these weird times. And if you'd like a publication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. All
3: right. There we go. That was good. That was great. That was fine, wasn't it was fine, It was good. I enjoyed myself.